0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. We're having um, a blast with this sermon series, at least I am, and, uh, and the sermon series that we're doing is, is, is taking place all over Charlotte right now, right? It's the, how many of you have seen four Charlotte signs driving by other churches? It's pretty cool, isn't it, right? So you drive by and you're like, oh man, we're doing the same thing as these folks. It's really cool because I think it's now, it's, it's like 70-something churches, 40-something thousand people, and right now in this moment, we're all talking about the same thing which is, I think, such a really cool, a remarkable thing to see churches in a town do. Wouldn't it be really cool to be united and known for all the things that we're for, rather than the things that we're all against, or all the things that divide us or that, that we find differences in, that we could come together in this way? I just think it's really, really awesome. I'm really glad to be participating in this. And uh, we're going to roll a quick video, a little teaser video, that's at uh, all the churches this morning. Here we go. Anybody recognize that song? Mr. What was it? Mr. Yes, man. Anybody grew up watching Mr. Rogers? That was always that show that like I'd, I'd like somehow accidentally fall into, right? Like I'd be watching something else and Mr. Rogers would come on, and I'd be like, oh I mean, I guess I could, I guess I could sit around and watch what happens next." I mean, there's a there's a trolley coming, and uh, there's some weird puppets, but you know, just take a minute and and enjoy. I always kind of thought that Mr. Rogers was a little weird you know cuz like here's this like this older fella uh, I'm watching this kid show I'm ready for something real interesting and like action packed you know like electric company anybody with me on that uh huh yeah or 3 2 1 Yes, I can, I can tell all the 40-year-olds in here. <laughs> I always thought he was kind of weird, though, but he had that sweater, and it was like, why is he changing clothes all the time? Just like, wear one thing. Why is this part of the deal? But it was all about sort of that comfortableness, right? Just to sort of say, wherever you've been, whatever is going on, just for this half hour, I want you to take all of that off and just be in this space together. And what a cool way to think about how we kind of start into church, because I always had this peace he was, he was always, he was also really ahead of his time. I don't know if you know this, you've seen some of the videos where he was going in, in front of the government to speak on behalf of public television. He was always really kind of ahead of his game when it came to race relations and making sure that we understood that even though we look very different, we have a whole lot of different things going on, that we have one thing in common, that we're all neighbors, neighbors together. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my? Come on. Won't you be my? Oh, it's so beautiful. I think about it all the time. Now, you know, it's, um, it's all about this, this, this understanding that neighbors, I love this song because it's like there's a constant welcoming in of whoever's listening to the song. Won't you be my neighbor? Everywhere, all the time, you've got neighbors you never even knew about, right? Mr. Rogers told us how to love beyond the lines that were constantly put around us. I loved having neighbors growing up. I, uh, I lived in a neighborhood, and, um, and I had friends close by. We got together, and we'd play. Anybody grew up like in a neighborhood where you got together, play games, you'd have to go out, and you'd like, uh, my, of course, this was like before cell phones, and uh, my mom would have to stand on the front porch and yell my name, right? But it was, I was never far enough away where I couldn't hear it, except for a couple of times, and I, I told you about that one time when we got lost in the woods, and it was really scary, but everything's okay now. it was fun having friends, and my kids have friends now, and they're always going out out the house to go down the street and go play with the friends this way and go play with the friends that way, and I just absolutely love it. We even get together with our neighbors and do fun things like Halloween. You guys do something fun on Halloween? Our neighborhood does this thing on Halloween. We go down, we have a bunch of food together, and then then we just, uh, we actually, the parents kind of hang out, and there's usually coolers around, but we stay at this one point where you can see the kids go that way up the street, and then they go that way down the street, and then they come back and they give us their candy. It's fantastic. I love my neighbors. I love the neighbors. It was awesome. Except sometimes when I don't love my neighbors. Anybody ever have those neighbors that, you know, when you were a kid, I had this guy, man, that was always, always hassling me. I don't know what it was about, but like we'd play out in the cul-de-sac and we kind of be doing our thing. He was always hassling me. And I had a very, very classy at the time, rat tail. Yeah, I'll let you work that one out. It wasn't very long, but it was just long enough to make me the cool skater kid that I wanted to be, right? But he, every time he would come around, he'd always grab that part of my hair and yank on it. I'm like, it's just like, of course, nowadays, you're like, man, you're like abusing children. You can't do that stuff. But he was kind of like country, and he was just kind of mean. And I just couldn't stand that guy. And then, when I moved to Knoxville, I had this great house, and I loved my house, and everything was wonderful except this sort of side area right between the two houses. I had this neighbor lady, she turned out to be wonderful later on, but this is how it started. This is the very first part of how the whole thing started. I go out my house, and I see her let her dog out, and let the dog go right over to my yard, poop, then call the dog back home, right? And I was like, what? like why? in what world is that okay? Right, like, like, where would you? Why would you ever let your dog go do that? And so, like, at some point, I was like, I got to talk to her about this because there's poop all over my yard, you know. And like, my kids go up and down that to get to the backyard swing and play in the backyard. There's poop. I don't want to deal with this, so I called her up and I was just like, Hey, um, I'll call her Barbara. Barbara, um, your dog keeps pooping in my yard, and um, and I'm wondering if you could like, you know, stop that. And she said, well, the neighbors, the people that lived there before you didn't mind. What is that? And this one guy across the street where I live now, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but the first time that I met him, I was out, I was working on something, my dogs were out, we had this invisible fence, so the dogs don't go so far. And I was like, oh, the new neighbor's out, I'll go introduce myself. And I walked out to the edge, and I was just like, hey, how's it going? the first thing out of his mouth was, those dogs aren't coming here, are they? That's how, you, that's how you start our relationship? By yelling at me about my dogs? See, I love my neighbors, except when they're stinkers. See, 4 Charlotte Sermon Series folks probably didn't think of that, did they? Ha! They were putting this all together and they were like, we're going to be all about our neighbors. And I say, I have some neighbors that I am not all about. <laughs> some neighbors are jerks. So let's see how they resolve this. We're going to look at Genesis one 26 through 27. Aaron's going to put it up, let's read it together. It's just a couple of verses. Then God said, Let us make humankind, all together now, in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, and the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. Now the notes on this say, when I was looking, this is a really cool part of the sermon series, is that I actually sent out a bunch of notes for you. So that we were all kind of on the same page when we were preaching on it. And the notes say, what if we were to see others... The way that God sees us, and the little teaser we put out this week, we talked about wearing God goggles. Do you remember that sermon? I'm sure you do. So just say yes. That I preached where we pulled out glasses and we talked about how we could see each other differently, like right? that we would see Jesus in one another rather than seeing each other as you know just this person or or who they are or what we do or any of those other things. See, that's the way that God sees us, right? Everybody say right. See, God loves us no matter what, because when God looks at us, God sees who. This is like the easiest answer in all the church history. Sees us. Okay, that's good too. Himself, Jesus. Yeah. Sees us as the Lord's children. Looks at us in that way to know that we are one, right? But I think it goes even further. See, the creation story here isn't just about God being seen in others it's about how we were created in the first place now everybody just for a second I want to go a little bit scholar stuff okay so everybody put your scholar hats on I don't know what kind of hats they wear but whatever this is where we're going Hebrew use this is the word Sela say that right there Sela which means sides right so when God is creating us it says that we had these sides right that this humankind this one thing it was actually called the Adam everybody say Adam that's the Hebrew word for the human creation, right? And then we later on gave it this name, which was what? Yeah, absolutely. It was the human creation. It said it had selle, sides. Know what it says? That he created them. Before they were separated, we, group, as a group, collectively, were one. Created with as one with different sides. Everybody following me so far? So this human creation had cella, sides, and that's, sides is like um, sides of a building, for example, all right? So you notice that on a side of a building, you can even look at this building, that this wall right here has a basketball goal attached to it. But this wall right here has these giant things, separators, dividers to keep the cafeteria and the gym separate, right? And the cool thing is, they're still a part of the same building, just different cella, different sides, that the creation that God made was together with different sides. Diverse, different sides, but one, creation. That's just really important when we read this scripture to understand ultimately what that means for us. See, a couple of weeks ago we preached on John 17. That's when Jesus prays for all of us and says that they may be one as I and the Father are one. Jesus prays that. That means that as we grow and live, our calling is to remember where we started as one with sides, different, but one creation. And Jesus is the one who prays it. That means it's happening in that moment. The word of God says it may be so, so it is amen that we may be one so any drive in us to divide us against ourselves is against the will of the Lord Jesus everybody feel a little freaky now hurricane was crazy anybody have any issues I couldn't see the hands that went up anybody have friends or folks in their neighborhood that had trees come down on their house I know we did man it was crazy made their house look like Pac-Man came right down in the middle of it it was insane there was, a, um, there was a situation in our neighborhood, I guess this was um, a number of months ago, where um, this tree came down on a, uh, then right in front of this neighbor's house, and it was this uh, single mom, nobody was home, and, um, and we have this, all right, this is a little silly, but we live on this street called Camelot, right? And so there's a bunch of guys in this uh, neighborhood, and we've decided that we would call ourselves the Knights of Camelot, right? I know it's silly, but you know, I'm all into like the 1980s versions of neighborhoods where like people talk to each other. And so we all got together and we ran down in the middle of this rainstorm and we brought kids out and all kinds of folks. And I got on my mighty steed, which is my craftsman lawnmower. It's a tractor, okay? It's a tractor. And I was going down the street, and all of us were going together, and it was just awesome moment, pouring down rain, I'm riding my steed, all these people out, and neighbors were being neighbors. And it was beautiful to see the tree get all cut up, all put off to the side, so that this one person didn't have to deal with it, because ultimately, she couldn't do it. She just absolutely couldn't do it. It's an easy story, right? We've all had those kind of things happen, right, where you have this single mom. It's tough enough already. My mom was a single mom. Lots of love, mom. Okay? That's for you. She she did this. Anybody else, a child of a single mom, say yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Wow, there's only two of us, cool. Plenty of us there. We could all pitch in. That's the easy part. But what about when it's hard to be a neighbor to other people? You all know the story of the Good Samaritan, right? You've heard this story, everybody say Yeah fantastic story. It's this uh, lawyer's talking to Jesus says, you know, how do I, you know, h- how do we, who is my neighbor, right? And he's, well, he's telling me to tell you this story. He tells a story of this uh, fellow that's going from Jerusalem to Jericho at this wide open road and, uh, and is beaten up b- by bandits and had all his stuff sold. And the first person to come by is who? Do you remember? It's the priest. Everybody say priest. Hey, you all got it right. And he goes by and he whoops, steps over to the other side of the road and continues on. Then one of his own people, a Levite, comes along and sees him on the road and whoops, steps over to the other side of the road as well. But then you got this Samaritan, which were thought of as like the worst of the worst. The outsiders, the aliens, the ones that this just doesn't really work for. I just don't really like being around Samaritans because, I don't know, they smell funny. Whatever it was, there was a crazy aversion to this person. And it was the good Samaritan, this Samaritan who went and picked up the man, put him on his horse, took him to an inn, and gave him money to take care of him. Everybody remember that story? Now, see, the real point of the story comes to us in a couple of ways. One, the priest wasn't really allowed to touch anybody that was beaten or dead because he was heading to the temple and probably couldn't do it because if he did, then he would be unclean, right? And Jesus is trying to make the point that none of that matters when there's a human who's hurting. Then you've got a foreigner. It would be like um, it would be like the person beaten on the side of the road would be like a, a member of the, the, the Aryan Brotherhood. All tattooed up with all kinds of really nasty and awful things written on, but he's beaten on the side of the road and laying there. And then somebody that's not white would come and make sure they took care of him, right? Are you seeing the cross-cultural problem here? Like this is exactly what Jesus is getting at, is that our neighbor is everyone. We were created as one, not as a bunch of different things, but as one. Different sides, a diversity, a beauty in that diversity, but one. And for some reason, we try to divide ourselves against each other. The hurricane was crazy. Anybody watch that news story with the, uh, the fella um, that was reporting on the weather? <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean, and he was like real, really struggling to stand up. And then these two dudes going to Walmart... Or just like walking around, just kind of doing, doing their thing. And I kept watching this and thinking, what a crazy moment that that was. It was really, really funny. But the truth is, for many, this hurricane was absolutely devastating. It was absolutely devastating. And we don't, I don't think we really understand and realize what that was like. Because so much of us, were, we, it felt like we were being stalked by a turtle. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was, But it was an angry turtle. But it was just like, coming on. Is it coming today? No. Is it coming later? Yeah. What about now? No, it's not here yet. (laughs) Hope you got your water. Better head to Walmart, get some more milk. You you ran out of milk and water already? Better go back for some more. Wait, wait, the hurricane's coming. It'll be here later. Okay. (laughs) That's what it was like the whole time. And it was insane, insane. All of our folks that were down in Wilmington in that area are just devastated. Things are gone. They aren't there anymore. And there's so much flooding that happened. And so many things were lost. Losses of resources, loss of life. there were so many warnings right and that thing was moving so slow I kept thinking to myself get out evacuate like get like get out of there It, it, it didn't it didn't make any sense to me it kept coming and it lingered and the water started rising more and more and more and there were lots of them who probably could have gotten out but just didn't but there were some people that couldn't get out because they just couldn't Or there were some people that were like Southern, and they learned the new meaning of the word namaste, right? You should get out of here. Namaste here. I don't know how that ended up in the sermon, but I liked it, so you get it. Mm. But really? Why are you putting yourself at such risk? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you staying down in a place where you know this thing's coming and you got plenty of time to get out? Surely you can get yourself together and get out of town. Why would you put yourself at such risk? And we have this tendency to point fingers and divide ourselves against that. You put yourself at risk, but worse, you put others at risk. You did that, you brought that danger. You brought people back into that danger and we quickly wanna divide. Saw it all over the news this week. People are frustrated about it. Why would you stay there and put all these people at risk? Hang on to that one for a second. So, right now, we're working on getting this land. Our land is um, in Weddington. And uh, did y'all know we're looking for land? We're not just looking for it. We think we found it. We're getting closer and closer to getting it rezoned so that we can bring it to the congregation and say, "Hey, congregation, are we on board for buying this land and really sort of setting our roots as Christ south in this town, in this part of the city?" And and so I spent a lot. Of, yeah, it is worth a woo. Come on, that is exciting. And I'm learning a lot, I'm learning a lot about zoning, which I never really wanted to do. But I, I was sitting in the Weddings in Town Hall uh, talking to the, the city planner, and up on the wall is this map of, of Weddington. And this is like Union County zoning, and I wish it, I had like a, a way for you to sort of really focus in on it. But like, as I look at it, there are lines everywhere. Lines that delineate this part from this part and commercial can only be done here and this is all residential over here and, and, and this is this person's property and make sure that you put a buffer because if you don't have enough buffer, then they have reason that they can bring you to court and they can sue you over your land and all of this mayhem and all of this paperwork, there's property lines and they're all over the place. But when you drive around, you don't see them. When you're up close and personal to the land and to the people, you don't see those property lines. But the further that you pull yourself away, and as you fly over the top of it, it looks like this giant bunch of lines everywhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you see where I'm going here, church? That the closer that we are, the closer that we pull together, the less we see those lines. The more that we remember that God put us together as a whole, as one, the less we see The lines. I want to do a little bit of an experiment here. French, are you close by? No, he's still busy. Oh, there he is, right there. Okay, so I've got some lines. I, I just want to, I want to just try this practically. So let's start over here, and um, and so you're going to hold this, and I'm going to just make some sections here. So let's see if this just comes off. So you guys are going to have to kind of hold that uh, around you there. Uh, you got that there, Kelton? Okay, if you'll hold on to that. All right, then uh, then let's go back here. Watch this right here. All right, if you'll just hold that line right there. Just uh, let's see if we can get this. This is going to work great. Uh, all right, fantastic. And uh, if you'll hold this right, oh, here, that'd be great, Trent, thanks. All right, so, oh, this is working perfectly, all right, Sam, will you grab that right there? Everybody is excited about what I'm doing here? You're so excited, you have no idea what's coming. All right, here we go, fantastic. And Marco, if you'll grab that right there, and then we'll go around this side. Here you go, Missy. Don't worry, don't let it get around your neck or anything. Don't worry, this is going to go great. I feel like this is really going to work. All right, Kathy, is this annoying already? Awesome. All right, Aaron, you ready? Coming to you. Grab that right there. All right, I think we've got some pretty good sections made right here. Would you hold on to that? Yeah, I think this is going to work out. Great. All these lines. Sorry, you sat in the back and you thought you wouldn't have to do anything. Came all the way over here. All right, sorry. There, bam. All right, look at this right here. Now, see? This is what I'm talking about. This is some serious lines. We got a section. We got several sections. As a matter of fact, all right, let's see. Uh, y'all over here, y'all are the rich folks. Okay, everybody say, woo. Y'all, 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 are the, y'all are the rich folks. And uh, let's see, right here, uh, let's see, uh, you guys are, you all the cool people. Everybody say, whoop, cool. All right, cool. All right, let's see. This section over here, you guys are the ones that have influence. Say, ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, they got the influence. All right. And these folks over here, y'all are the rejects. Everybody say, uh. And y'all right here, nobody even knows who you are. All right, so where are my people of influence? All right, y'all just point over there at the rejects and say, ha, ha, ha. Come on, y'all got to participate. This is going to be really fun. Say it like you mean it. Laugh at them. Point at them. And rejects, y'all just cry a little bit. Oh. All right, and rich people over there, you point at the, rich, at the people of influence and say, you can't do without us. Oh, that's a little tough. But then, listen, the, y'all, the cool people, and y'all just say, we don't care. We don't need y'all. need y'all. Say it like you mean it. We don't need y'all. need y'all. Now point at somebody you don't know over there. Say, we don't need y'all. Need y'all. Yeah. Now, now now you guys say, yeah, you do. And then you guys just cry. <laughs> and y'all are quiet because nobody knows who you are. But <laughs> well, we got the money. But we're the cool ones. You can't do it without us because we got the influence. Y'all just cry. <laughs> We We start looking at each other, and this, this is what we've created. This is what we've created. We've created lines everywhere, boundaries where you can't come here into my space. You can't be a part of my life. You don't make sense in my culture. You don't know how to speak my language. We pray all the time, and we talk about in sermons all the time, how important it is to release all of that stuff. But when we walk out of here, we do it all the time. I had some real trouble this morning when Braden walked in with a Florida Gators sweatshirt on as a Tennessee Vol. That was a touch painful today. <laughs> and I thought, Braden used to be my friend. I used to like Braden. Braden was cool. Then they gave him a free sweatshirt at Goodwill that he decided to dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly but it's real isn't it drop the lines drop the lines what if we stopped living like this I was struck by something this past week there was this town that um, put out like a, um, I guess it was like a twitter message to all the people that were still stuck Or were stuck in their homes, and I thought when I started reading this that they were just going to let them have it. You stayed? You're making us bring all of our people back in to come get you? But no, it said in all bold letters, we are coming for you. Go to your attic, get on your roof, we are coming for you. That was grace. That was mercy. That was love. To go back into the storm, to get people out. To let go of whatever lines they could have held up. You put yourself here. He said, we are coming for you. You earned this. You chose this. No, we are coming for you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is that same message that Jesus gave to us. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. No matter what you've done, I'm coming for you. I am with you always. I am your neighbor. You don't have to worry. You don't have to know. You don't have to believe that the struggle will last forever because it won't. I'm with you. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we love beyond lines. We love beyond the lines. No matter what those lines are, no matter who drew them up. No matter how much they've been ingrained to our history and to our lives, we live and love beyond those lines. We look to our left and right in this city and we say, we are coming for you. I don't care how you got into the situation that you're in. We are coming for you. It doesn't matter to me what you've said or done that hurts me. We are coming for you. That's what it means to live gospel. That's what it means to live love. That's what it means to love beyond the lines. Amen? Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God. Good and gracious God, the one who created us, diverse and different, but one creation. Lord, you live out your creativity in our diversity. But yet you call us to remember that those lines don't get to own us, those lines aren't real. God, you prayed that we would be one. So, Lord, you make us one. You make us one every single day. Call us out beyond those lines in our lives to see Jesus, to see you. We ask, oh God, that you would be with us this day, that you would give us those opportunities. Then you would give us the words. Because when we're hurting, when we're lost, when we're alone, we always remember that you are coming for us. To lift us up, to carry us home. Lord, you make us one. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org, to the online giving tab, and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast, or maybe in person, at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.